This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Ultimately, it's about Robert Sala and his coaches having this team ready to go on 9-11 against the Buffalo Bills in your building. That is almost a must win for you to have this excitement and Aaron Rodgers and all the moves you've made and the defense that is arguably a very good defense. You have to go out and have a strong showing. There's so many important things that this team has got to get going and it starts with the win. If you are a team that is talking about being a playoff team, and one that's going to make noise. Of course, 3-3 three and three is the worst you want. On 98.7 ESPN. And I get the Yankee I get it. I get it. You know, listening to Yankee fans and feeling the frustration, and I get it, because of the fact that you're looking at a roster that has been, and we've discussed it, we've talked about it over and over and over again. And you're looking at a team. It's down 3 nothing, by the way, to Atlanta. But you're looking at a team that just, and both teams, they're so much alike. Bad base running mistakes. I mean, they have not played crisp baseball consistently all season long. Neither team. Neither team. And so while there are many who would say, hey, you know what? Mets did what they were supposed to do. They weren't going to win this year. We'll cut bait. Let's get through it. We'll get some young players. We'll forget. We'll, we'll, we're not going anywhere this year. Let's make the turn and throw this, team, this year away. And, you know, we'll get better next year. We'll come back next year. We'll have a better idea what our farm system looks like. We'll bring some other players in here. We'll go back to the drawing board. We'll do our research. We'll bring a new person in, a new baseball op guy who will tweak our analytics and who will be in charge of getting the right people. And Billy Epler, you'll be either an assistant or out. Now, does it mean, does does it make it easy for you for us Met fans to sit and watch the rest of the season. No. Was it easier before the trade deadline? Uh, it was more frustrating. But they did what I requested. They put me out of my misery. By saying, you know, because they weren't 500. And I remember saying it over and over again. If they're not 500 by the trade deadline, sell. So. Get what you can, and let's move on. Now, I don't know. Maybe I underestimated what I thought they were going to get, and maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised by the young players when they come up to the major leagues that they receive. But it is really amazing to me how good Scherzer and Verlander look in their new places. What is Scherzer, 3-0? Verlander looks good. But to be fair, he had looked good in, in the the last couple of starts with the Mets. So he's just continuing. But ultimately, when you look at this Mets team, right now, the only thing I'm looking at is Alvarez continuing to get better. How's Vientos doing? Who else? A lot of young players I'm seeing that I'm learning about. Who else is coming up? What pitchers are there? So, I'm encouraged. I'm looking to see what's going on for next year. 
But I must be honest with you. While I'm encouraged and looking forward to what I'm seeing and hoping that it'll be better next year, the other in the back of my mind, my other thought process is, okay, how good are we going to be next year? Are we going to be a team that's battling for the second or third wild card again? And with what and with what roster? Like, who's going to be my pitching staff? I figure Quintana and Senga. Maybe Peterson, who got out of a bases loaded jam here in the top of the third, but it is the Pirates. And he's a lefty, so he's going to get a gazillion opportunities. So who's going to fill up the rest of that staff? What's my bullpen looking like? Of course, I'm praying that I get Edwin Diaz back, and he is the Diaz that I saw last season. With with a year off and not a whole lot of stress on his arm. So yeah, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to that, but how do I get to him? How do I build that bridge to get to Diaz? And who's going to be my manager? I don't see Showalter coming back. I mean, it's not his choice. I mean, he's under contract. But listen, I, I've watched the owner pay almost what eighty million dollars to two players to play for somebody else. <laughs> so he could easily afford to say goodbye to to Buck Showalter if he wants to. Easily. But when I look back at this Mets season, it's kind of similar, right? It's the team not coming up in big spots offensively. It's when you get good pitching, you don't get offense. It's when you get offense, you don't get good pitching. It's base running mistakes. It's bad play, shoddy, shoddy defense. It's really been the same thing that the Yankee fans have faced. And while they say they were thinking World Series, although some fans were realistic and understood that a lot of things had to go right for this team, for the Yankee team to get to the World Series. The Met team was expected to go to the World Series this year. I mean, come on, let's be honest. You win 101 games last year. You're losing in a big September game late in the season in Atlanta. You get an early exit from San Diego. You add Verlander. You're thinking, okay, we're going, we're going to the World Series. So this is, this has got to go down. I mean, this is going to go down as one of the, the, the worst seasons in baseball. From, from, from last year to this year, from progress to what you thought, from, from a talent level of a ball club to, to not being, to being out of it in August. It's as bad as it gets. From a team that never lived up to their response, never lived up to what we thought we was going to see. A hundred and one win team last year to a team that's what, 10, 11 games under 500? That's a huge drop off. That's huge. So, the back of my mind, I'm concerned. What am I getting in 2024? I don't know. I know what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it gets better. I'm hoping it's competitive. It should be. Why, why wouldn't I think it wouldn't be? Steve Cohen still has to make people uh, coming in. to. He still wants to 
have a, a team that can win a postseason game. He really wants to have a team that, you know, gets into the postseason that can make a run. I mean, he still has the goal of winning a championship or championships in five years. Well, time's running out. <laughs> it is. And so this is a, while, while we put a smiley face on it and it, we put a smiley face on it as Met fans because we knew nothing was going to happen with the way this team played anyway because they were god-awful. So, we, you know, well, so this is what we tell ourselves. Well, you know, we're out of it. Well, we really weren't going to be in there anyway, you know, so this is what we have to do. It stinks to watch your team by your arch enemy to score 41 runs. LaGreca was right. They should have been charged for assault the way they batted the Met, the Met pitching staff. It's a pretty good line from Don. It was brutal to watch. Helpless. And 21 of those 41s in one game. <laughs> and the frustrating part is you never beat you, you never beat the line. You just don't. You just don't. Last year, beginning of the season, yeah, we tell, oh, we beat Atlanta. It's so frustrating. It really is. It really, really is. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Mohammed's in Long Island. What's up, Mohammed? Larry, what's going on, man? You know how much I love listening to you, bro. I appreciate that, Mohammed. What you got for me tonight, my friend? Yeah, so I hear you talking about the Mets, man, right? So I, I, you said, you know, we expected the Mets to go to the World Series. Me as a Mets fan, I didn't. And, and here's why. We saw how the Mets were, what, 101 games last year, right? But mm-hmm. what was the second half of that season? Terrible. Right? Down the stretch, terrible. And then we saw Scherzer look 40. So I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't expect him to be a lot better at 41, right? And then we doubled down on it and went and got another 40-year-old. In my head, I didn't expect much, you know, because it's a long baseball season, and we expect a lot from those two starting guys. So I expected them to be a little more worn down at the end of the season. They're 40 years old, you know what I mean? So I didn't have a lot of expectations for that much, of, you know what I mean? But So when we talk about the moves that they made this year, I feel like, Larry, if you were in Billy Eppler's shoes, right, which I would not I – would, I would applaud you for these moves because it's not working. So we could either – triple down now from when we had one 40-year-old got two. We can triple down and do something worse, or we could try to get our way out of it. So at least for the rest of this season, but maybe next season as well, I can hold on to the fact maybe we're going to be better in the future, right, instead of having to watch bad baseball with high expectations. And the last thing I wanted to say is when I heard the rumors or even like, you know, the, the commentators or the analysis saying Pete might be a good trade piece, you know, coming up next season or whatnot, I almost wanted to throw up, Larry, because I'm like, that's the one spot we have. You know what I mean? So those are the few thoughts I had on the message. Let's just listen to you talk. I appreciate you, man. I really love listening to you. Thank you. All right, Mohammed. Thanks for checking in in the kind words. Look, I hear what you're saying, and I agree what they did was the right thing to do. But I, I'm just – I mean, going into the season, even if Scherzer and Verlander weren't vintage Scherzer and Verlander, 
Didn't you expect this Met offense would be able to bail them out? Didn't you expect this Met offense would be able to generate some runs? Didn't you expect this Met offense, even if Scherzer and Verlander were gave you what I consider uh, a solid start, if they gave you not what the back of the baseball card is, but if they gave you uh, six innings, three runs, seven hits, on average, both of them, you mean to tell me that Met offense with Lindor and McNeil and Alonzo and Marte and Nimmo couldn't have given you some more runs? Couldn't have gotten, couldn't have averaged five, six runs a game? Now, of course, they're not going to give you seven runs every game. I get that. It's baseball. But I thought the offense would be better so they would be able to cover up and help them out. And the other part of this was the bullpen never got better. You know, that was the issue was the bullpen too. And so now you got starters who weren't going long. You put a tax on your bullpen that wasn't great. And so it just turned everything around. So no, they did what they were supposed to do. Like I said, you're not a fi- if you're not a 500 club, you don't belong in the postseason. I don't care what the sport is. I don't care what it is. If you're not 500 or above, you don't. You shouldn't be in the postseason. Teams in the National Football League that that are under 500 and win their division and are a home team is ridiculous. They shouldn't be in the postseason either. I don't care where they won their division. They're under 500. Give me, give me a playoff. Give me another team in another division that has a winning record, and they stay home. You got to be over five hundred to have a playoff to, to be in the playoffs. And so, no, they didn't deserve to. They didn't deserve to be to continue. So the way they are, this Met team, the way they're playing, I, I get it. They're bad. They're gonna be bad. But next year, okay, am I? I expect that they will be, like I said, I would expect that they would be in the wild card hunt. Because really, as bad as they were this year, they were, what, six, seven games out of a wild card? And they were awful. Awful. So with a couple more players, hopefully they would be better. But what are they going to do? Who are they bringing up? Who Who's leaving? And, oh, by the way, can we sign Pete Alonso? Can we lock him in? I mean, I get once again, here we go. Do we want a long contract? How's he going to be at the end of that contract? What? I get it. I get the concern. And I know it's a battle. Because for the player, it's money and years. For me, it's not the money, it's the years that hook you up. It's the years. I mean, think about this. If the Yankees had a six-year contract for Giancarlo Stanton instead of a 10-year contract for Stanton, he'd be up this year. And you'd be ready. You'd be, oh, well, we're not coming back. You would, you would look at him the way you're looking at Severino. Oh, Severino's not coming back. You would look at him the way you look at Josh Donaldson. Oh, Donaldson's coming off the payroll. We're good. We can, we can do something else. We can move on. Whoa. We'll wash our hands from him. He's out of here. It's not the money. It's the years. 
And so for me, while Pete is young, let's try to lock him in. Let's try to lock him in the next five, six years. Now, once again, he's going to want more years, and that's understandable. I get it. And that's the way the market is. But you're going to have to put some things in there to protect you. And, and these, these teams are smart. They can put things in there to help them out, to, to ease it. But that's your concern right now. So I'm looking at this Met team, and I'm looking at Lindor in his prime. I'm looking at at at, at Alonzo in his prime. I'm looking at, uh, you know, Nemo in his prime. I'm looking at McNeil in his prime. And I'm saying, I've got this year is done. Next year will not be optimal. It could be good. It could be, you know, we'll wait and see. So maybe 2025, I'm I'm looking to be in this position where I was last season to say, okay, well, I got a team that could win the division and possibly go deep into the postseason and ultimately win the championship. The way I looked at the team that won 101 games last year, coming into this year, it's going to be four years. It's going to be four years. And and the other thing, am I sure this is going to work? No. But I'm a fan. I have to sit in there and, and trust that the new baseball guy they bring in is going to know what he's doing. I have to trust it. I have to put, I have to put my faith that Steve Cohen is going to hire the right guy to steer this ship from, uh, going forward. Now, would I feel a little better if it was Epstein? Yes. I definitely would. Definitely would. Because he's got a track record. He's slain the dragon for two franchises that hadn't won a World Series in forever, ever, and a day. So would I prefer him? Yes. But we'll see what happens. I have to wait and see. At least I know there's change coming in the front office and on the field. At least I know there's change coming. If I'm a Yankee fan, I don't know what's coming. I think they're going to change the manager, and it's unfortunate because all of it's not his fault. But I do think that Aaron Boone's going to be that person that's going to take the blame for what happened this season. But what will they do going forward? That's the big question. And it's about being realistic. Looking in the mirror and saying, man, this was a bad season. This is not a disappointment. This is not uh, unfulfilled. This is a brutal season for a Yankee team that following this Atlanta series is probably going to be under 500. And you and you're playing a team that that is the future of baseball. And what baseball is right now. Young, athletic, talented, speedy. Even Aaron Boone recognized it. 
We'll hear what Boone had to say and take your calls next. It's hard to see him for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Yeah, I mean, look, right now they're the class of the league. I mean, clearly. And that's, you know, that's where you want to be. And they're obviously putting together a pretty pretty great season and have been now kind of in that National League for the last several years and, and have a lineup that's really, really rugged and balanced and a little peek into where you're trying to get to. Sounds like Aaron Boone wishes he was managing that team. <laughs> I can't blame him. I would too. Larry Hardesty for Dan Grasso on 9870 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. By the way, Atlanta now up five love over the Yankees. Noel is in Jersey. Noel, you are next on 987. Hey. What's up, Noel? Noel, you're breaking up on me. Nope. Hello. All right, go go to a better area and call me back. Can't get you right now, uh, but call me back. Mitch is in East Windsor. Mitch, you are next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Uh, What's up, Mitch? I'm doing a good show. Thank you, sir. Yeah, good show. Uh, four minutes, which, uh, first of all, Buck, is this like his 415 that Buck Shore, Shore out? I hope he stays. I think it's 415 that he gets the team so close. Mm. So close, but yet so far. Yeah, it's it, it's tough, um, but and you know what, Mitch. To be fair, he he just he just hasn't had the magic touch this season. Thanks for the phone call, Mitch. It's it, the hitting is not his fault, but there's just been this team was so buttoned up last season, Mitch. When you were a Mets fan, you were just like, man, and and it's okay. It's it's not fair, but you're comparing of season vet. You, you're looking at Buck Showalter. And you move on from uh, Luis Rojas. And you're just saying, man, now this team is, this is a buttoned-up team. This is, you know, I mean, we're, we're several years removed from a manager of the Mets bringing out, missing, didn't even know who the who the batting order was. So you bring in a veteran like Buck Showalter who's navigated some teams, who's a veteran who the biggest thing that we felt about him was, yes, he's going to agree to analytics, but it's not going to be, analytics or nothing else. It's going to be, yeah, it's analytics, but, you know, here's what I see, and I'm going to incorporate the two of them. And so the team was just, it was just so much better. It was such a buttoned-up team. It was it was a team that was good on the bases. It was, a, it was a team that didn't commit a bunch of errors last season. It was a pretty good team. It was a team that won over 100 games. And, yeah, they had their disappointments and, they weren't great. As it turns out, it was a disappointing season. But nevertheless, it, that team didn't show up. And I had a conversation today. And, and, and I was saying, and I've said it before, it is almost like the team never recovered from that series in Atlanta last September. It, it just seems that way. Where Atlanta, you went to Atlanta and you had, it was perfectly set. You had Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett, your top three guys, and you get swept. And they never they never recovered. They never recovered. They had the early exit against the Padres, and it just seemed like they just, it just, it was tough. And so all that's not on Showalter's fault. All that's not his fault. 
But the base running mistakes, I mean, that's that's something you go on in spring training. That's that's the little things that you'd expect a manager like him with his reputation to have a handle on. Once again, qualifier. Of course, people are human. They're athletes, but they're human. They're going to make mistakes. But this was almost like an epidemic of their bad base running and bad play in the field in addition to the other things that happened. So it was, it's just, it was, it was not good. It was not good. And you're right. He got him close to last season and you figured he would at least be able to get back. Wasn't meant to be. And I just, it's, it's not left up to him. I mean, if it's left up to him, he'll stay. But I mean, you're bringing the new president of baseball ops. Isn't he going to want to bring in his own manager? Don't you think? Noel's in Jersey. He's back with us. Hey, Noel. Larry, how you doing? Oh, much better. Much better. Doing great. What's happening? Great, great. It's funny how uh, you're just talking about the Mets. I'm calling about the Yankees, but you see how Scherzer's is pitching now? I do. <laughs> you know, on the two ERA. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But anyway, I, I wanted to talk about the Yankees. I'm a lifelong Yankee fan, mm-hmm. Jets fan, mm-hmm. um, and a sports fanatic, if you want to say that. But I'm looking at the Yankees, and I'm looking at the structure, right? I'm looking at how Hal runs the team. And I look at, like, how he inherited the team. This wasn't his first love, but I've seen relationships like this work from owner to GM, and I've seen what needs to happen. From what I've seen, you either have an owner who's zealous and a fanatic about baseball, or you have a GM who's in tune and who's, you know, very uh, zealous about baseball as well. That's how the relationship works, right? I don't mm-hmm. blame Boone. Uh, he's given what he's given. He's told to, 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 to acquiesce to an analytics uh, team of people and work with them. I don't blame him. I blame Cashman, right? All Cashman does, look, look at the last, you know, five or six years. He goes after the big names. Uh, he, he doesn't really work with the camaraderie or the, the, the chemistry of the team. He just goes after the big names. He, he relies on the Yankees brand, and he expects everybody to do well when they get here, right? And look how that's worked out for us over the last, you know, 10 years or so, right? It hasn't worked. And, and when it comes down to, you know, the, the, the chemistry, it's just like guys are there, and they're not – they're just – collecting a check. It just seems like they're so, you know, not involved, right? And then you got, you know, Cashman. He, I think he's the guy who's got to go. He, he's, he's the guy who's got to go. The game has passed him by. His style of, 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 of being a GM has, has, you know, has passed him by. And they need to get somebody who's a fresh, a fresh pair of eyes, uh, who's in tune with today's game. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I'll say this, Noel, and thanks for the phone call. Um, it's there definitely has to be a change because what they're doing is not working. So that that's the easy diagnosis. <laughs> that's easy to say. It's not working. So there has to be a change. I, I, I think if this was any time that you would say because of the fact that they finished the season, if indeed they finished the season not only out of the playoffs but under 500, I think you – and I don't like calling for anybody's job. I really – it makes me very uncomfortable. But sports is about production. And if you're not producing, changes have to be made. And so I think 
how the analytics are used, what type of analytics are used. I think that has to be evaluated. Uh, your minor league system with the fact that you're not getting the depth of minor league talent coming up to the majors, that has to be investigated and, and adjusted. How you're choosing your free agents and trades has to be adjusted. I mean, you trade for Harrison Bader, he's hurt when you get him. He's not able to make an immediate impact. You trade for Montas, he's hurt. When you get him, he's hurt. I mean, th that shouldn't be. That should not be. How are you trading for a player who's not going to be available? So these things have to be, they have to be adjusted. It's not working. It hasn't worked. And I gave the analogy earlier. It's like Phil Jackson's triangle offense against everybody else's revamped triangle offense. The triangle offense still works. But it has to be tailored to your personnel. You can't just run the triangle offense the way it was originally done and say, okay, this is how we're doing it. Because it's not going to work. And I don't know how they do it, but they're looking at, and you heard Aaron Boone say it in the cut we played, coming back. Atlanta is how you're, if you're one, if you want to be successful, how Atlanta's done it is the way to go. They've got young talent. They've got athletic talent. And what they've done is they've locked them up for a long time. And that's how you do it. They've got, they've got people who connect. They make contact. Yeah, they hit home runs. But they, they lead the majors. Well, they definitely lead the National League in runs. They, and they're right up there in the major leagues in runs. That's why they have the best record in baseball. Okay? They connect with runners in scoring position. They score. Even when they lose, they score. That's what you need. You need young, athletic talent. And you can't, this is not, you know, this is not, you can't get them at, at Macy's on sale. This is going to take a while to do because you have to slowly change your roster because you've got long contracts and, and players that you can't get out of, immediately out of these contracts. But the positions that you can, that's where you have to make the changes now. I'll say this, and Yankee fans, you know it's true. You cannot go into next season without a left fielder and third baseman. You can't. That is unconscionable. That is franchise malpractice. Especially after you got wiped out by Houston last year. And yeah, I get that Houston was better than you. I understand that. There's no question Houston was better. But they were they were that much better that you needed to have made some changes. And you didn't do it last season. You've got to do it this season. Because 
You can't have another year like this. You cannot have another year like this. The conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Mike is in the Bronx. What's up, Mike? You're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. What's up? Yeah, man, I want to chime in into um, the situation. And before I make my point, I want to add to what you were saying earlier. I mean, the key, he doesn't even, Boone doesn't even know the magnitude of what he said in regards to how Atlanta plays. Mm-hmm. I believe that's a product of continuity. In order to have continuity, you have to have consistency. Atlanta doesn't sit. They play their players. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They don't switch the line for 20 times in a week. You understand? So it's like that's a product of that. If they And I believe I'm tired of all this blaming uh, Boone, blaming Cashman. What the blame, the, the problem lies within the philosophy. Because Boone has not been able to express the way he manages because of the philosophy they're trying to run this team with. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Cash is only good for how much bucks is available. So he's going to spend. You know, we don't want a uh, we don't want a GM that's not going to be able to spend. You understand what I'm saying? Once yep. they move on from cash, that money is going to stop. I can guarantee you that. But to get to my point is, I believe that okay, this year they're running, they, they, they're they're still navigating through the season, uh, looking for blame or this and that, or saying that the the team is is doing better. But the, the 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 season is over. What we can do is try to salvage our only assets. You're talking about Garrett Cole. And you're talking about Aaron Judge. Those are our two main assets. What are we doing still running Aaron Judge out there with nothing to play for? Getting his surgery done, getting ready for spring for spring training. That way we don't have no hiccups starting the season talking about he's gonna miss the first month the first month of the season because he had a setback or something. You understand what I'm saying? Take care I of do, that Mike. now. And I then get bring it. up the kids. Yeah. Showcase the kids for trade bait. Get Juan Soto. That's gonna salvage your left field situation, and he's only 24 years old. That's your future. If he's not going to be able to develop these young players so that we can use them in the future, let's trade them. You understand what I'm saying? I hear let's perfectly what you're them. saying, Mike. I get yeah. it. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, now, Aaron Boone has indicated that Aaron Judge doesn't need surgery. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see what happens there. Uh, so I don't know if that's you know how they really feel, but that's what he has said. So Let's cross that out so they want to keep him out there. Now, I would suspect that as you get to September, there's going to be some games that he's not going to play in, and that would be smart. Uh, And the question is, Mike, do you trust that they have evaluated their minor league system correctly? Because you mean to tell me there's nobody in the minor leagues that could have played left field for this team that's been effective? Nobody? I mean, IKF is a better outfielder than he is an infielder now. He's been out there so much. He's got more reps in the outfield than the infield. There's nobody in the minor. Floreal can't play left field. There's nobody in the minor leagues for the Yankees that could play left field. That you had to put an infielder who had never played in the outfield in the outfield. So how good is this minor league system? Mike, how good is it? 
Or is there anybody that's close to you putting in a deal that would bring you something back that you sorely need? I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, this year, the Yankee farm system was so good. I mean, there, there's there's other players you could have had, but you didn't want to move on from the players in the farm system. Harvey, refresh my, my memory. What's the pitcher's name in Seattle that uh, Luis... Um, Luis Castillo. Castillo, thank you. That the, the Yankees could have had Castillo, not Montas. Montas was the was the consolation prize. Montas Who, was behind door number three. Who's Montas? I've never seen this guy. <laughs> and you hope to never see him again in the Yankee uniform. <laughs> you, you gave up. You didn't get. You didn't get Castillo because you felt the Yankees in the farm system were that good. But none of them could play left field. None of them. Jose's in Brooklyn. Jose, you're next on 987 ESPN. Oh, Larry, good evening. Shout out to the company. Why are you doing this to me, brother? <laughs> Jose, what? I started talking about the Mets and somebody called about the Yankees. <laughs> Trust me. So my, do, you think, do you think Harvey wants to sit and listen to me talk about the Yankees? <laughs> there you go. I'm lucky my mic is still on. Oh, man. So here, uh, here's, you know, and, and it, it's funny, like, as we play that clip and as I'm hearing everybody saying it, everybody's saying, you know, oh, we, we, we can't really blame Boone. He's just following the numbers and yada, yada, yada. And I remember Michael Kay saying the reason that Boone got hired was because when, you know, they interviewed him. And they asked him, what did you think about these numbers? And they kind of got an insight of what his managing was going to be like. They kind of figured out that he was going to be he was going to be an analytics manager. What, what, was that not the case? That's what they wanted. OK, so I, I'm just very confused on why he still gets no blame and everybody in, and, you know, and, and, you know, I get it. Cashman is the main orchestrator. And yes. How for go, da, 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 diving into this analytical stream is also is also to blame blame for this, but it's just getting to a point where I'm just like, no, the the, the whole problem is the full belief in analytics delivering you to a title because mm -hmm. it made no sense. It still makes no sense. It's why Aaron Judge back second and he hit solo home runs and we're losing five to two in the playoff game against, against the Astros. It, it, and he, and he's not even hitting home runs at that point because they're either pitching around him or not giving him a good pitch to hit. So it's just it, it, at this point, it's like, Hey, the reason, Aaron Boone, that you're so amazed by the other side is because that's how baseball is supposed to be played. <laughs> and since you're a so-called fourth-generational baseball player with all these baseball acumens and more baseball than I could ever know, since I'm just, you know, a guy that's sitting on his couch in Brooklyn, you should be able to – this is what a baseball team looks like. They hit. 
and they hit and they put consecutive hits together and they hit in runners in scoring position and guess what they don't if the game situation calls for it they'll actually throw out a bunt or a sacrifice you know or a sacrifice hit the other way to actually move the runner over this is just insane to even you know continue this debate the the, the Yankee analytics has lost has it not not yeah. Larry it and is. shout out to the company. But have All a right, great Jose. One. <laughs> Thank, thanks for the phone call. It, it's like I said. Whatever, however they do their analytics, it's not working. It needs to be revamped, redone, everything. It's not working. This just in. <laughs> you need to do something else. You need to do something else. Because it's not working. It's not working at all. And listen, let's not make it seem like they're the only team that's doing analytics. There's a lot of teams doing analytics in Major League Baseball. Okay, most of Major League Baseball is doing analytics. But they're not looking, they're not performing like the Yankees are. And Jose, to be fair, to be fair to Aaron Boone, and I'm not trying to defend him, but just to be fair. He's got Atlanta's got some athletes on that team. <laughs> if Aaron Boone's looking down his Aaron Boone looking down his bench, he doesn't see what they see on Atlanta's bench. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not even close. And so, yes, he, he has to take some of the heat. There's no question he does. He has played his role in this. But he's not the number one person. He's not the number one reason as to why this has happened. He's on the list. <laughs> he's on the list. He's not number one. He just isn't. So, listen, how Steinbrenner's up there? Brian Cashman's up there. But those analytic people, they got to play a role also. And I remember hearing on the case show, Don, Michael, and Peter talking about it a couple of weeks ago. When the manager is held accountable for stuff that doesn't work because of analytics, it's the manager that's got to sit out there and take the heat, not the analytics people. I hate to say it. But right now, if I were the Yankees, I'd be interviewing analytics people because I'd have to make some changes in that department post-haste. Harsh Deepa Grasso on 98.7 ESPN.